the entitled, delusional, slash lost, and wealthy woman. Get your glasses up. Get your glasses up. A toast to the men. Brothers, this is going to be maybe a three to five part video discussion or reflection on a relationship I was involved in prior to meeting my wife, maybe two years prior to meeting my wife. Now, you may ask yourself, how is this married brother able to discuss a relationship with another woman that doesn't involve his wife? Well, that's easy. Before I was married, I was a man. And uh, I'm a die man. So, you know, there was a life before my wife. I was in relationships before my wife. You know, as a student of life, you acquire many lessons. And you learn from those lessons, hopefully. Now, as a teacher of life, you have an obligation to share those lessons, to teach other people, to help other people. And so that's what I use my platform for. Now, having said that, there's a way to do that, to be respectful uh, in your delivery, in your wording, in your energy. So, you know, I gave the wife a heads up, you know, got her take on what she thought, what the, what the premise was, what the intent was in sharing some of these stories with uh, other women prior to her. And she agreed. She's like, yeah, yeah, uh, that'd be helpful. You know, and that's what my platform is for. It's called a toast to the men. So, you know, I was, uh, I was born a male. Uh, I was a male before I was married, of course. I was a man before I was married. I had relationships before I was married. And I'm gonna die, man. And it would be a sin for me to die with these lessons uh, just because I'm married and um, I didn't want to offend her when so many brothers and people, women in general, uh, people in general, I'm sorry, people in general can learn from these lessons. These lessons are not to be taken to the grave with us. But like I said, there's a way to deliver these where, where you can be respectful uh, so I give these lessons in love, man. They're rooted in love. It's not to judge. I try to stay objective. And uh, it's to teach. And they got to be shared. So, like I said, I met this, this woman uh, maybe in 2008, 2008, 2009. <clears throat> met at a restaurant. We didn't know each other prior to the restaurant, she was uh, going to the restroom. We caught each other's attention. Um, we both stopped and uh, introduced ourselves, sparked up a conversation. Man, 10 minutes later, we're exchanging numbers and, and there you go. Now, there's a lot that I didn't know in the beginning when I met this woman. But I'll tell you this, uh, she was, I was maybe 31 at the time, 30, 31 maybe. And she 
had to be, I think, five or six years older than me. So after initial meeting, we uh, conversed on the phone maybe three or four times over the course of a week and a half, maybe. And so we decided to meet up for a date. We met up for a date, had drinks, went well. Um, it's something I noticed immediately as uh, we were exiting the venue we had to date at. She wanted me to notice what she was driving. And um, I think she had just gotten this vehicle. She had uh, a brand new Jaguar, the, the big body, the brand new one, man. And uh, it was nice. But uh, she, she had valet and the valet brought her car up. And uh, as you know, it was, it was obvious that was her car. She looked back at me and wanted to see my reaction. So I was like, hey, it's, it's nice. And she goes on to say, yeah, I almost, almost drove the Range Rover, <clears throat> but I decided to bring this out. So in my head, I'm like, come on, man. Like, oh, <laughs> you, you got a stunt. But hey, it is what it is, right? <clears throat> so that date ends. We go on another date. And uh, fast forward. For some reason, man, she, uh, after the second date, one day during the day, she invites me to her residence uh, just to hang out. She want, wants to cook lunch for me. You know, um, now she had already told me that she had twin boys. I think at the time they were maybe 14 or 15 years old, but they would be at school. She wanted me to come through. She's going to prepare lunch for me. Now at the time, I didn't have a nine to five. I was a, a full-time entrepreneur. I had a skincare line, uh, skincare line I created. Uh, I created the recipes, formulated the product, boxed them myself, myself uh, the whole nine, man. Uh, so I was doing fairly good. Uh, so I had time, you know, I could get away. So um, I'll go out there, man, we stay maybe, wow, maybe an hour away from each other. So I got go out there and um, I kind of get lost. I can't find the, uh, the community. She says she's in a gated community and I can't find it. So I eventually find it. And man, this thing is ducked off. This community is ducked off. You, you wouldn't even know it was, it was out there. It's hitting. And so um, she buzzes me in. I come through the, the gated the gated community and uh you know go to to her estate and I don't, I don't say house I said estate I mean, this is a huge huge property man uh, so at this time I'm wondering like damn what does this woman do okay she said she has a Range Rover I saw the brand new Jag and now man I'm pulling up to this huge property. I'm talking about huge fellas. And so 
I get there, you know, park, you know, uh, she tells me to park in the driveway. I can't park on the street, park on the driveway. And so, you know, I get there, I come in. So we chop it up, chatting for a bit, man, talking. She's preparing lunch, she's cooking something. She's preparing something, I can't remember. Um, but she says, there's something I got to tell you. So I'm like, what's up? And she's like, I'm married. So I'm like, what? So I immediately get nervous. It's like, what the? You know, like, damn, you invite me, you invite me into this man's house? So I'm like, whoa, whoa. I said, man. So I start looking around. <laughs> Just by instinct, I start looking around. Like, man, I don't want somebody to hit me from the back. I'm like, I'm in another man's house. And she's like, no, no. Uh, he's in a re rehabilitation center, a nursing home. Uh, he won't be coming back here probably ever. I'm like, so what's up? So she says, a year ago or just over a year ago, he was in a uh, motorcycle accident. I think it was raining. He was driving into work and uh, he was trying to avoid a sudden stop hitting a car that had suddenly stopped in front of him. And so he had to lay down the bike. Now I'm not a motorcycle rider, but you riders out there, you know this terminology. And I remember her using this terminology. She said he had to lay it down. When he laid down the bike to avoid crashing, I believe that's how that went. Uh, he hit his head. Now I don't know if he hit his head on the concrete or another vehicle, but he hit his head. And man, uh, he experienced traumatic, uh, a traumatic brain injury. It was it was pretty bad. And uh, long story short, about that, basically the doctor said he he uh, emotionally and I guess mentally he had reverted back maybe to the level of a three year old. Now, man, let me tell you a little about tell you a little bit about her husband. This gentleman. Um, and I had to learn a lesson from, from that. Man, this brother, um, and I say brother, and he is a brother, as far as he's, he's a man, but <laughs> I just remember something. She's black. She's African-American, black, whatever. He's white, okay? I'll say that. Now, yes, I'm black. He's white. I can still call him brother, you know. But I had to point that out because by me saying brother, you're going to automatically think he's black. But no, he's white. And that's going to play an important piece in the story later on, him being white and her being black. But anyway, this brother uh, was a or at the time is, but was a part owner, a partner. He was a partner in an oil and gas company or oil and gas firm. Small, but very profitable firm, oil and gas firm. Now, man, I've, uh, 
worked in IT for years, and one of those, uh, on one of my projects, I worked at the oil and gas. Well, actually, a couple of projects, I worked in the oil and gas uh, company, and I know they bring in money, no matter big or small. They bring in a lot of money. So this brother was a, a wealthy man, a millionaire, a multi-millionaire, wealthy, wealthy. And I'm not talking about two or three mil. I'm talking about he, he was up there, man. And uh, yeah, overnight, just next day, man, he has the mentality of a three-year-old from an accident. He had accomplished a lot. Um, she showed me a blog where uh, friends and coworkers and, and his partners were speaking on this blog she had created and uh, wishing him well, wishing him a recovery, uh, speaking highly of him. He was a man well-respected in his community, in his profession. Uh, family and friends respected him, you know, from all intents and purposes, purposes he, he he was a, a a phenomenal man, you know, a respected man. Uh, but just like that, man, an accident can change all that. And that was a lesson I learned just from that. That man, it doesn't matter how much money you got, how healthy you are. Um, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter how much money you got, how healthy you are, how much education you have, how respected you are. We can't predict what life is gonna give us. Like, we can't predict it. We don't know what tomorrow holds. That's why you have to live in the moment, live every day like it's your last day. If I told you guys, and you knew for a fact it was true, that today is your last day, you will live it to the fullest. Man, that's how we all have to live. We have to live like today is our last day. Now, the bright side to this is, yes, this brother had a traumatic brain injury, could not take care of himself. Um, he couldn't even stay in his home because uh, he would have episodes of violence, of aggression. And the doctor said this was out of frustration. They said inside his spirit knew what it wanted to do, knew what it wanted to be, knew what it could be. But his body, his brain didn't agree with the spirit. And so whatever his spirit was, it couldn't manifest what it needed to be in the physical. And that was causing frustration and he would become aggressive and violent. Now this is a, 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 a tall guy and a strong muscular guy, man. He was, uh, I think he's like 6'4", stayed in shape. And so uh, even if all of his uh, faculties were intact, he was a strong guy. But now his faculties are compromised and uh, he probably can't control his strength, doesn't know his own strength. His filter is gone. So he's super aggressive. He's super strong because he has no conscience. He has no filter. So he's super aggressive. Um, the second lesson I learned just from that 
is they said this brother was a devout Christian, was a deacon involved in the church heavily. Never cursed, never drank, never smoked. Uh, just a good guy, people, people thought. And not saying he wasn't. But the impression is and was he, he was a good he was a good guy. But when he had this brain injury, he would curse like a sailor. Under my he would curse everybody out. Um curse her out, curse the kids out, be aggressive with the kids. Under my curse, like every other word was a curse word. I'm talking about some some horrific curse words. They hit you in the gut. He was ruthless with it, they said. But he never cursed before. Devout Christian. The doctor said he cursed so much now after the brain injury because when all his faculties were there, he suppressed it. So, man, that made me think, man. Like, he suppressed this when he was so-called normal. But now he's cussing like a sailor. When his ego is gone, when his filter is gone, he's cursing like a sailor. So that was deep inside of him. He was suppressing that. And I used to think, I was like, just as people, when we say we don't do certain things or when we say we've overcome certain things, do we truly not want to do those things? Or have we truly overcome those things? Or are we just simply suppressing them? We're just pushing, pushing them down, pushing them down into us, pushing them down. But it's still there. It's still something we struggle with. It's still something we want to do, but we're suppressing it. Man, that, that just made me think, man, about my, my own life. Have I overcome some things? Do I not desire to do some things? Or am I suppressing them? Well, it was obvious that this brother was suppressing, uh, cursing. Now, the violence, I don't know if he was suppressing or that was coming from frustration. And I can see that happening when inside you know who you are and know who you can be, but your body and your, your brain is not cooperating. I can see that that spark of frustration. So I don't know if the violence was a form of suppression, but the cussing, the cussing definitely was, man. They, they say he cussed very well, uh, but when he was he was normal, he did not cuss. So what is normal, right? When he was suppressing stuff, when he had an ego, and we all have an ego, our ego will say, don't do this. Our ego will say, do this. His ego was removed. Our ego is a filter. Whether bad, good, or indifferent, it's a filter. And uh, so when people say, let go of the ego, you know, I don't know if that's, that's, uh, that's, so, that's, that's always good to have no ego. I don't think we should um, be led by the ego all the time. I think we got to manage it. 
Um, but, you know, to have no ego is for me to have no filter and to tell you what I really think about you. Yeah, I don't know if that's always good. And that's where he was. He, he, uh, he would cut deep with his words to the point, man, he would bring the kids to tears, bring her to tears. And listen, man, that's, that's not his fault. You know, so I'm not pointing any fingers. I'm not judging. I'm just letting you know what was going on and the lesson I learned is something we can all learn. So something that that's something we got to look into brothers. Like, are you suppressing something that you think you have no desire to do, or you think you've overcome? So I, I've been against, uh, just been a rule of mine, not to date women involved in relationships, uh, especially married women. It's just never been my thing. I have gotten caught up uh, prior to that uh, three times, and all these women lied to me. Uh, they lied about being involved with someone. And it eventually came out, and the relationship ended. And, you know, that's a lesson for you guys, too. Women, women cheat. Women lie. Um... Where they start slipping is when feelings get involved. They, they start slipping. They start getting careless. Or I'm going to say careless. They start not caring uh, when feelings get involved. But before feelings are involved, they're on point. Yeah, they're real sharp with the with the lying and the cheating. Uh, they can break off from you quick and be where they're supposed to be and be on time, be on schedule. When feelings get involved, that's when they get careless or not stop caring, you know, uh, stop being so punctual with their time. And that's when things start to come out. And man, that's happened to me prior to that. This has happened to me three, three times. Women have lied and it's come out. Now, I don't know if I was wrong. Maybe I was still wrong for making an exception with this woman because of the situation she was in. Should I have said, regardless of that situation, like this brother was never gonna be back home. They were never gonna be intimate. Uh, she had moved him down to a uh, rehabilitation nursing home center <clears throat> in Houston, actually the Woodlands, that's a community next to Houston. And uh, Maybe I was still wrong, you know? Uh, I don't know, I don't know. Maybe I'm on the fence with that. If I was still wrong for engaging or continuing a relationship with her, even though uh, the situation was what it was. So, this the thing, man. We get into a relationship. You know, we spend a lot of time with one another. And, you know, at this point, it's obvious where the money is coming from. You know, it's coming from her husband. And uh, his money has purchased these cars. His money has purchased these properties uh, and set them up. Man, beautiful, beautiful estate outside and inside. But she had this pompous attitude, this uh, 
don't know, man, this arrogant attitude. And I'm very selective about saying or using the word arrogant because sometimes we say arrogant less confidence. But this was arrogance. She would throw the materialistic things like in my face, man. Like I told you what happened in the beginning, the first date. And uh, it was always mentioning materialistic things. Like if I came to visit her and uh, say I need to go make a, a run, you know, and uh, she wanted me to come back, you know, or I had to make a store run or whatever. I mean, I got my, my own ride, right? She was like, you could take my ride. Like, now nah, my ride's good. I got my own ride. Yeah, I, I mean, at the time I had to think the Infinity uh, G35. Um, it was only, you know, a year, maybe a year old. Cool ride, clean. Now, you know, luxury-wise, it wasn't on the level of her Range Rover or her Jag. But, hey, man, I'm good. You know, you can't, you can't, uh, I don't know if you try to call that sunning or, or, uh, I don't know, man. It's, it's just like reverse roles. You know, men, we let women ride our, drive our cars all the time. Like, baby, you could drive, you know, you know, some women we're pursuing or dating or whatever. You know, that's the thing for us to let the woman drive, you know, to put her in, in a certain mindset, right? I felt like she was trying to do that to me. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. I wasn't going for it. You know, they used to offend her. Like, man, I'm good. My ride is good. I got a clean, nice ride. It ain't on your level. On, on, on you know, what you got. But I'm good. And uh, that, that rubbed me the wrong way. You know, uh, She's very aggressive, man. She's very aggressive. So that rubbed me the wrong way. And that, you know, that opened my eyes to some stuff, right? But what she didn't realize, and this is why I say she was delusional. Listen, anything I acquired uh, or I stayed, the roof over my head, the food, goes into my mouth, the clothes on my back, the car I was driving, the money in my pocket, uh, my way into the restaurant that she met me at, all that came from my work, all that came from my blood, sweat, and tears. Everything she has came from her husband. And so, she was trying to throw certain things in my face, I, I guess, or be boastful. But I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't stay in the type of home, you know, you stay in. Uh, I can't even eat at the restaurant we 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 met at consistently at the time. Like at the time, I could probably only do that once a month. Uh, my ride. It's clean. It's good. You know, mint condition. Uh, it's not on, you know, it's not on the level of your, your vehicles. But that stuff came from your husband. Mine came from me. So I'm still winning. 
and I'm actually winning more. I'm in the lead if you want to compare me to you. Now, if you want to compare me to your husband, like financially uh, and I guess uh, success-wise, he's in the lead. I, I give him that. He's in the lead. Now, the flip side is that uh, I have some things he don't. He doesn't have, obviously, uh, my confidence because the way she's acting with me, but I, I'm not tolerating it. You know what I'm saying? I'm giving pushback. I'm actually checking her on it. He's been dealing with that for over 20 plus years, right? Um, even though, you know, and, and she's telling me I can take your skincare line to the next level. She's telling me all these connections she has, her friends. But, man, she's like, she wants to own 50% of it. She's even She was even purchasing my product and using it. She loved it, but she wants to own 50%. And, you know, she'll push it. She was like, I can get this around the world. And I don't doubt that she could have. She was connected like that. They were connected. Uh, you know, she was connected. She was in that, that society. She hadn't worked ever. She had, I think, a nonprofit, but she hadn't worked. Her thing was to look good on his arm and raise the twins. And beautiful, sexy woman, in shape. I'm talking about in shape. Uh, she jogged maybe three miles every morning. I was in decent shape, but I wasn't doing that. I mean, I hadn't, I hadn't really done that at that time since I was in the military. But she was dedicated. So um, there was a sacrifice on her part, too. You know, uh, that takes discipline to get up uh, the job three miles every day to, to stay in shape, to look good, uh, to keep a good home, take care of your boys. That's a that's a that's a sacrifice, too. You know. Um, so, you know, I'm not going to minimize her. Um, her value or what she added to that relationship. But she was trying to act like she had acquired, she had acquired more than me and that just wasn't the case. Now, it got so out of control, brothers. The brother hadn't even been in this accident a good, a good uh, 18 months, man. And I'm in his home. They've been married 20 plus years. So I'm thinking, there had to be a disconnect before then. There had to be a disconnect, man. Like, that's moving on pretty soon. Now, even if, because she's in her prime, hey, I get it. Now, even if you want to have a, a sexual relationship, I, I get it, all right? But, to try to bond with another man and bring him into this man's home so soon. To me, that was soon. Uh, and, and you guys have been married over 20 years. That was soon. It just made me think. Like, what was she suppressing? I know he came out what he was suppressing. But this accident revealed a lot 
it not only revealed what he was suppressing, it revealed what she was suppressing. And um, she was dissatisfied in the relationship for years. So brothers, sisters, <clears throat> what are you hiding? What are you suppressing? What are you not talking about in your relationship or dealing with or what conversations are you avoiding? They will come out eventually. Uh, this is why brothers are so important to uh, be friends with your woman and have that open line of communication. You gotta be able to have those tough discussions and be able to talk about anything. One thing, you know, Yaya and myself learned in pre-marital counseling is a tool that the couple gave us. And man, we use it today. You probably heard us heard us use it on a video we've done together. And what it is, when we wanna talk about something that can be taboo or controversial or ruffle some feathers or get each other in our emotions. We'll preface our statement with friend mode. This is friend mode. And we wait on a response from the other party to see if it's okay to proceed with what I'm about to talk about. But I'm letting you know this is friend mode. You ain't my spouse right now. Take off that hat. I just want to talk as a friend. Uh, so the emotional that's attached to being a spouse or the mindset, can you pause that for a minute and just talk to me as a friend? And the person may be, and we may be like, not right now. Or give the nod, okay. And so it, it puts you in a mindset like, hey, she can say anything. I'm, I'm prepared. I'm in friend mode. And so uh, we've talked about a lot using that tool, man. And that's a powerful tool. It may sound simple, but it's very powerful. So you got to keep those lines of communication open. Create a foundation, a platform for people or your spouse to be open and talk about some things, man. Um, case in point. Piggybacking or expounding on that. She she shared a story with me where on their anniversary, on their anniversary one year, they had had some liquor. And uh he had a drink, a drink, a, a glass of wine. He normally doesn't drink. She had a few glasses. And uh she got tipsy. Probably you could, you could even say drunk. But hey, man, she's with her guy. She's with her husband. It's their anniversary. They had made it back to the to the house by then. And she was loose. And um, she starts dancing for him. A seductive dance. And then she starts stripping for him. He stops her. Starts yelling at her and calling her out her name, calling her the garden tool. You know what that is. And uh, it just, it just, it just, uh, <clears throat> he shamed her. He shamed her 
And whatever wall she had up, it extended. It became higher. And it blocked her from ever revealing her, true, her truest thoughts, her deepest thoughts to him. Um, I personally see nothing wrong with it, but, you know, I'm not him. But this, this is the problem, fellas. Church going mad. No one has a bad word to say about them. Uh, does everything perfectly seemingly. He has done well in his profession. Uh, he's made millions. Twin boys, beautiful wife, huge, huge estate. Um, but there's a disconnect with this woman. There's a disconnect and she can't be herself around him in private. Now, I understand if they're out in public and he doesn't want that happening. I totally get that. I'm with that. But in the home, in the home, man, that's where you should be able to be open with your spouse and express your true, your truest thoughts, your deepest thoughts. You should be able to let, let the freak out in your home. Uh, I thought that's what brothers wanted, you know, a freak in the bed and, and the lady in the light. Um, but obviously he, he didn't want that. But I think that was something he was dealing with internally to keep up a facade, to keep up an image, not only with people outside the home, but even with her, that just was not real. It wasn't true. And uh, it wasn't his reality of what he who he really was. And it all came out when he had the traumatic brain injury. It all came out about what he was suppressing. Uh, she was suppressing things, right? She was suppressing things and she had to withhold things of which were, were going on in her. Now, fast forward, me and this lady, we were intimate. Uh, we were sexually intimate. And uh, it was obvious to me that although she was older than me, she lacked some experience. And I'm going to go into detail, keep it respectful, keep it gentleman-like. But, you know, you, you can... Uh, you can assume what I'm talking about. She lacked some experience. Although she had been married 20 plus years and she was older than me, she definitely lacked some experience. And she definitely had a lot on her bucket list that she wanted to scratch off. It got to a point, man, I'm like, well, you know, pace yourself. Like, you wanna do it here, you wanna do it there. Like, I'm like, Listen, man, pace yourself. So <laughs> she had been suppressing all of that. And uh, so many of us are in that situation, man, where we are living a lie. And that's why I can't judge her or him because so many of us are in that situation. 
And I'll be honest, man, uh, my first marriage, I was in that situation. I would be one way with her and I would be another way with my fellas. And when that relationship ended, man, I told myself, I said, man, this, 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 uh, that kind of life don't work for me. Some brothers, I guess, can keep it up. I don't know. It don't, it don't work for me. But I was like, I was like, whoever I connect with, or whoever you know, I marry this next time. Man, I gotta be myself. Uh, whoever I am around the fellas, that's who I gotta be with her. And when I say be myself, it's not disrespectful. I'm always a gentleman. Uh, but I gotta be with the woman who's confident, who uh, who understands me, who knows me, and who's secure within herself, who's not easily, you know, offended or got thin skin. And uh, you know, that that was very important to me. But I get it. You know, I don't think. My situation was, you know, to the level of this gentleman's, but hey, to each his own, who can judge, right? No one. But most of us are living those type of lives. And uh, all you're doing, man, you're hurting yourself. I can only imagine. I know when I was in that situation, that stuff was stressful. It's, it's stressful, man. It takes a lot to do that. And so I can only imagine how stressful it was on this brother to suppress so much and on her uh, to suppress things, man. You know, brothers, you, you gotta, you know, you gotta question your wife. Even before she's your wife, man, when y'all are just, I guess, pursuing one another, figuring each other out, dating, courting, you gotta ask questions and you gotta listen. Uh, a lot of y'all brothers don't know your woman don't know what she likes, her inner freak, her inner thoughts, uh, because you don't set a stage where she's comfortable expressing that. You don't set an environment where she can express herself. Um, so you don't know. So she got all these thoughts going on in her head and she might be creeping and uh, exercising some of these thoughts, fulfilling, manifesting some of these thoughts. And you would never know because you know, y'all don't have that type of communication, the open lines of communication. You got to have that, man. You got to open that up before you guys get serious. But if you're already involved, it's never too late. You know what I'm saying? Never too late, man. Have those sit-downs, have those one-on-one -on -one conversations in the, in the quiet. Nobody's around, no TV on, no music on. And just chop it up, man. Um... Get to know each other all over again. It's some stuff you may not want to hear. Um, it's some stuff she may not want to hear. It's some stuff you may not be down with. And some stuff she may not be down with. But you guys can express it, talk about it, discuss it. And, you know, it may be scary for you. But... There's two sides of that, man. It can make you stronger as a couple or it can reveal to you that, man, we shouldn't be together.
if we're going to be really be true to ourselves, we shouldn't be together. And you may have to wish each other well and, and uh, separate. Or it may reveal to you that we're more alike. We have more in common than we thought. Although we've been married for so many years, we've been hiding, suppressing stuff. But now that we've let this out, damn, you were thinking what I was thinking. And, uh, hey, man, you, you may be surprised in that way. But that's the number one lesson with suppression, man. Now, she invited me on a trip to the Woodlands, to Houston, uh, with her. She was going to visit him. And she would visit him maybe uh, once a month or twice a month. But she would talk to him daily. Um, and those conversations were weird. When I say it was like talking to a three-year-old, man, that's that's not an understatement. He had a, he had a serious brain injury. Um, yeah, he, he could never be alone by himself, ever. He could never cook. He could never uh, eat where there's not a mess made. He could never be in the shower or the tub alone. He could never be in the bathroom alone or in the kitchen alone. Yeah, it was it was traumatic, man. He had to learn how to walk again. It was traumatic. So anyway, I said, yeah, I'll go, because she wanted me to go with her. So I, I said, I'll go, and maybe I was wrong, guys. You know, let me know in the comments. Maybe I was wrong. This is over 12 years ago. But anyway, so I went, and uh, I stayed at the hotel. Well, we stayed in the hotel, and she would go visit him during the day and spend hours, man. I would go I would go shop, you know, or hang out at, at a bar, sports bar, you know, just hang out, do my thing, uh, maybe drive down to Houston, you know, um, make my rounds. But one night... We get a call in the middle of the night, and it's the center, the rehabilitation center, and they're having problems with him. He won't do something they're trying to get him to do. I, I can't remember what it was, but he's fighting them. He's fighting the staff. Like I said, this is a big guy, but now he has no filter. There's no ego, so he can go hard, man. Um... So they call her. They put him on the phone with her. And the way she had to talk to him, man, was heartbreaking. She talked to this, this, this man, this successful man, this man that was respected in his community by his friends and family that had a... Uh, acquired so much, had done so much, accomplished so much. She talked to this brother like he was a child. It was a it was like a soothing motherly talk, but stern. It's like your mom getting on to you with doing it in a lovely, stern way. And this was a grown man. And uh I ain't gonna lie, man. Listening to this, listening to it, I got emotional. Cause I'm like, man, that could be me. 
not only that could be me, it's like, man, I didn't even know this man. But I respect the, the discipline. I respect the success. It's not easy getting to the point he got to. So I respected that without even knowing him. And to see where he was at that point, it's like, wow, man. You, you really got to appreciate life and just take take it one day at a time. And uh, yeah, man, that, that was life-changing for me. I'm talking about in many ways. Man, I had thought about getting a bike, a motorcycle. That changed my mind. When that happened to him, uh, I found out the backstory of that, how he got to that point. Yeah, that changed my mind. And he was an avid rider for years, for decades. Uh, he grew up with bikes. And here I was thinking about getting a bike. And I didn't grow up riding bikes, you know. I just something I wanted to get into, but that changed my mind. And so I was like, man, I'm good on that. But it just changed my perspective on life witnessing that. So even though I might have not should have been involved in that relationship, I did learn a few things uh, from that relationship, uh, from both of them, from him and her. And I learned a lot about myself, what I was willing to tolerate and not tolerate. You know, here it was, man. She was willing to invest in my company, in my business, take me to the next level where I never have to think about going back into uh, the corporate America working for someone. She had the means, she had the financial means, uh, but I wasn't willing to do it. I wasn't willing to do it. I wasn't willing to sell my manhood to come up. I wasn't willing to let her run me. Uh, and I tell you, she was aggressive, man. She was she was aggressive, man. I had I had to check her a few times, like just her approach. You know, so I don't know if she thought she was better than me or what. You know, she never openly said that. It's just the vibes I got. Uh, but uh, I had to check her a few times. But I wasn't willing to sell my soul to come up. Now, fast forward, man. <clears throat> Where did I draw the line? <clears throat> so, where did the breakup happen? So, man, I told you this arrogant uh, attitude, this arrogant energy. She always expressed, man, about the cars, the home, the travel, you know, just everything. <clears throat> and uh, I had two upper hands, though, in, in the bedroom, you know, not to get, you know, not to get vulgar, but yeah, I'll, I'll put it down, right? Yeah, I put it down. That's why I had the upper hand. And just everyday life, like she couldn't run me. And I got, I got the impression in their relationship, she was very mouthy and uh, probably ran him a lot. And he maybe suppressed some things. He suppressed, well, you know, maybe. He did suppress some things. But in regards to her, I'm sure he suppressed some things also and dealt with some things. And, um, yeah, I wasn't having it. 
yeah, I wouldn't have that. Yeah, I don't, I don't care what you got financially. Or you can take me to the another level. Nah, not happening, man. I, I got to be the man. I pay my own way. Listen, she wanted to pay uh, for the trip to uh, Houston. Now, she invited me. Yeah, you be paying for the room. Although she didn't really pay for it. She had so many points. But uh, I pay for my own food. I put the gas in. And she kept trying to give me her card. Like, you got to be careful with that, brothers. I know you think it's cool. I, I know, man. Uh, you think that's the life. Man, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a trade-off. Nothing's free in life. It's a huge trade-off. And what are you selling? What are you giving up to her to receive something from her? What are you giving up? Everything's a trade-off in life. And so I just w wasn't really willing to trade my masculinity. You know, um, on the outside, man, she was very feminine. Very feminine, um, beautiful woman. But if you really dealt with her, man, she had a lot of masculinity, man, a lot of aggression. And so you had to check that thing, man, constantly. And you had to stay on point. Too much of a task, man, too much of a job. So she started getting on my nerves, really. But this is where I said enough is enough. So she's getting real serious with me. I'm digging her, but I'm not really into her like that, man. You know, I'm digging her, though. Um, she's cool, but her attitude, her energy is keeping us, keeping me from really gravitating towards her like that. So, man, I started separating myself from her slowly. I started being busy. I stopped, I stopped being available. And uh, she started picking up on that, right? And so she started complaining, whining. She she wants time. She wants to see me. But nah, man, I got something to do. Even if I don't have anything to do, I got something to do. Because I'm trying to separate myself from her. Now, this one day she calls me. She's like, I really need to see you. <clears throat> Can you stop by man she's just going on and on she's like this is important so I'm like okay so I go out there I get to the gate she buzzes me in and she's like uh, the door is going to be open just walk in I'm in the study now I don't think at that point I've ever been in the study or I don't remember what the study was but anyway so I walk into her door. I just, I walk in. And she's like, I'm walking. She's like, I'm over here. So I look to my left. And that's her in the study. And, um, bro, she's sitting back in this chair, man. This recliner, I guess you would call it. Man, like she's Al Capone. Like, or Scarface or something, man. And she's in front of her laptop. So I'll go in there. I'm like, what's up? What you want to talk about? And she's like, uh, 
She was like, she turns her laptop towards me. The screen. She's like, look at this. <clears throat> so I look at it. I'm looking. I'm reading. Bro, she's done a background check on me, man. So I don't hide the fact, man. I, I've done a little dirt in my younger days. I hadn't been in any trouble. Uh, man, probably probably over 20, probably over 25 years, something like that. But, you know, in my, in my younger days, I did some hustling, man. So she brings all this up, my background check, man. And she did a deep one. Something came up when I got in trouble when I was in, in I was 17, man. Uh, that doesn't always come up when people do background checks, you know, jobs and things. But this came up. Uh, some hustling I, I did out of the mall when I was young. So I'm like, man, you did a background check on me? She's like, yeah. She's like, I'm, I'm feeling you. I'm digging you. I need to know who I'm dealing with. I said, okay. I said, ain't, ain't nothing on there like that I'm embarrassed about. I was like, like I shouldn't have done these things, but I was a young man. I said, but it's nothing uh, against humanity. You know what I'm saying? I ain't been with no child. I ain't took nothing from no woman. I ain't been with no animal. Uh, I ain't been with no man. Not, like These are hustling charges. And uh, I was just shocked, man. I was like, man, you, you did that? She's like, yeah, I need to know who I'm dealing with. I said, why didn't you just ask me? I can, I, I would have told you about my past. Uh, I would have told you. Now, at the time, I was like 32. So I hadn't gotten to any trouble in about, man, probably, probably nine or 10 years at that point. And so this stuff isn't on my mind and it's not like I'm a felon, you know, so this stuff isn't like just on my mind and I'm not even digging her like that to even have that discussion. But if she would have asked, I openly told her. So I was like, man, say, man, you, you tripping, man. This is a conversation you could have just come to me about if it's that serious. She's like, I just, I just wanted you to know I did this. I was like, man, you, you, you in violation, man. I said, this is it. I said, yeah, I can't do it. Yeah, this is it. Now, brothers, I don't even know really what her purpose was of doing that because she wanted a relationship still. So this didn't deter her from wanting a relationship. But like I said, man, these, these are just hustling charges, right? Not proud of them, but it is what it is. So, um, she still in a relationship, but she was so delusional, man, that she saw nothing wrong with the way she did that. And then she had the audacity, the arrogance to present this to me and then thought we were going to still have a relationship. I was like, wow, man. And uh, listen, man, that just let me know a lot, a lot about women, man. Um, and she's not, she's not much different than most women.
I won't say all, but most women have a sense of entitlement. Most women are delusional and thinks everything, uh, they think everything revolves around them. And they, uh, you know, they live in their own world, man, a lot of times. <clears throat> you know, just the way they approach things. <clears throat> it's just, it's, it's wild to me sometimes, man. And so as a man, you can't operate on their frequency, man. You got to stay, stay solid. You got to stay orderly, focused. But never vibrate or operate your life on the frequency of a woman, on the frequency of femininity. Never. Um, so I cut it off. I told her right then. I said, hey, man, don't, don't contact me. So I left, and she's hollering my name for me to come back. So, man, I get in my vehicle, man, I go back. Like I said, man, we stayed maybe an hour away from one another. But I go back. Man, I'm in my place. I'm in my place about 10 minutes. And she's calling me, texting, calling. I'm not responding. So she finally texts me, I'm outside of your place. I'm like, what? So, man, I looked through the blinds. Bro, she has followed me. She must have got ready or got dressed very fast and hit those streets right after I left. And she came to my place. Bro, I have never invited her to my place. But the background check gave her access to my address. She came to my place uninvited so I call her I'm inside I called her I said man what what are you doing outside of my place you need to come talk to me I'm not leaving until you talk to me I said listen it's done we're over like move on and uh yeah man she threatened to come knock on my door she said she wasn't leaving so finally, I said, hey, man, meeting up at the spot where we met, because the spot where we met was in my neighborhood. Meet me at the spot where we met, and I'll be up there. She goes up there, man. She's texting, calling me. I never showed up. Never showed up. I actually left. I went somewhere else, man. And uh, that was the last I heard from her. But... Uh, that let me know something. Although she had this arrogance, although she had this pompous attitude and she would always highlight her rides, her vehicles, her home, the friends she had, the money they had acquired. At the end of the day, she's a woman. At the end of the day, she's led by emotion at the end of the day, she's chasing and shows up to a man's house uninvited who has less than her. At the end of the day, I'm still the motherfucking man and she's the woman. So all that stuff, man, doesn't even matter. At the end of the day, man, when you strip all this 
this materialistic stuff. You strip all the superficial things and we're left naked. And when I say naked, nothing covering us, no, no superficial things, no materialistic things covering us and hiding who we are. I'm still me and you're gonna be you. I'm still a man, you're still a woman. You still want my love and attention. I still want your respect. If I can't get your respect, I'm cutting it off. Period. I don't care what you have. If I can't get your respect, if you don't respect me, I'm cutting it off. Bro, I was 32, man, I don't know, 32, 33 at the time, man. I needed those resources she had. But I was not willing to sacrifice my manhood, my masculinity, my respect for it. Man, she could kick rocks. And that's no disrespect to her. She just happened to be in that place at that time. But that goes, that would have went for any woman in that position. So it's not personal. That's for any woman that was in that position. I was not willing to sell my soul. So what did I learn? Man, we make things complicated, but really it's simple. Really it's simple, man. It goes back to tradition, really. Uh, the essence of man, the essence of woman. Love and respect. Man wants respect, woman wants love. And the sacrifices is gonna take for both parties to come together to come together in harmony. It doesn't change. We create these other things to make things complicated, to cover up deficiencies we have. We do that. But it's simple. We make it hard. So yeah, man, let me know what you guys think. I left some things out you know, to keep it respectful. Uh, first to myself, then to my wife, and then to that that, that woman, because uh, this is not to, to uh, you know, pick on her, uh, you know, humiliate her or anything like that. This is a lesson. Uh, what I learned, hopefully she learned something from it, um, but I definitely learned something from it. And, uh, yeah, I wish that, that, that lady, uh, that woman well. But let me know what you guys think in the comments, man. As usual, from me to you, love, peace.